Hey, Trashlings, welcome back to another episode of the Demon, Demon Trash, Trash Podcast. Podcast. Yay! Guys, today we have a guest. He is one of my besties, and we've known each other a very long time, and he's the whitest guy you know. He does not call himself a nerd, but I love you. You're a dumb nerd. Uh-huh. And <laughs> you're a stupid nerd, just like me. Um, but yeah, no, we've known each other for like going on nine years. I mean, at this point, let's just round it up to 10. And he's a Maybe talent- we have a falling out at 10. Maybe it's just. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. That's when we end, I think. Actually, it's, there's going to be a falling out after this podcast. Oh, probably, it's today. With how long this intro is going on. Oh, that's, I'm so uh, sorry. I'm just I'm just saying he's a talented filmmaker and screenwriter. Everybody. Chris Sage. Everybody. Woo, thank you. All right. Uh, hey, bud. Welcome hey, to the Demon up? Trash Podcast. Oh. Hey, what's up? Thanks for being a trashling today and being a guest. It's been, we've been wanting guests for a long time, but you know, the pandemic Lovato is just yeah, hey, really you know, holding um, us back. Chronication. That's <laughs> yeah. what I call it. Uh, so please don't be infected. <laughs> no, <laughs> I great. got my first vaccine. So. Oh, nice. Wow. Yay. He's better than us. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy. Why didn't you guys get it already? Uh, well, because I haven't signed up because. I haven't signed up because okay. we're demon trash. And she's yeah. an anti-vaxxer. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm waiting for people to turn into zombies or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. We're going to get demonetized. Like, I want. I know. Like, I, I want to be in my 60s and be like, if you had the vaccine at Moderna, it's like, now you can collect a large paycheck. And I was like, fuck yeah. Now I have a beach house. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I want to oh, be. Okay. Actually, now, he's saying some truths here. <laughs> like, like you know, because there's going to be a major payout, especially to the J and J. We can't go into this. <laughs> we can't go into this. This is controversial, guys. We're going to hop into what we always do every time and go into our demon trash moments. Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. You. Always. Um, I wasn't going to try to harmonize with that, so don't worry. Oh, uh, you should have. Go go baritone, mo. All right, silly little crisis. <laughs> mo. Everyone has to harmonize with us. All right, let's go into our demon trash moments. Avery, you start us off. All right, here's before I share this moment, Carol. I need a promise from you. Oh my god! I need no, you no, to no. swear. I'm not doing that because that you're, you are you're, not gonna hold something against the, the, what I'm gonna say against me. Like you're not. Is gonna, it gonna be attack on me? No, it's not an attack on you. It's well, just then I'm fine. I like <laughs> this is probably bad because it's just like I know you're just gonna use this as ammunition, and like I don't know if that says <laughs> what that says about our friendship, <laughs> but. Um, uh, well, first off, you're family, so we don't have a friendship. Um, so I'm forced to like you either way. So just go. It's going to be fun. As long as you're not attacking me, like, you know, don't. It's tourist season. Don't come for the bull. You know, you'll get. The I'm horns. not attacking you. All right, then go for it. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm going to be promise. vulnerable. And you like to use people's vulnerability against them. I'm working on that. I'm in therapy. I'm medicated. All right. So, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Uh, this week I've just had a just like a silly little crisis uh, just because you know how I've been having like a lot of dreams where I'm getting into these vicious arguments with people. Like, have you mentioned that? Yeah, I, I've told you like I keep having like arguments with people in my dreams like really nasty like vicious ones and I'm just like and I didn't understand why because I'd wake up and be like do I have a problem with this person? I'm like no I don't think I do. Like I would have like get in arguments with like you like Alicia like random family members like just random people mm-hmm. like recently I had one it was just like just like a random like like it could have been anyone it was just like i was at a store or something so i looked up like why like why am i having these are like these dreams about getting to arguments with people uh-huh. and the first thing that pops up is like you could have like pro- like you know real life problems with them that like you're not underlying deep. underlying <laughs> or you just don't have any joy in your life oh, <laughs> and, <geez>. I, <laughs> and i you know what these dreams mean who made this up freud I don't know. It's just, you know, it was Google web. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was Google. I did a Google. But so like this whole week I've had this crisis. I'm just like, do I have no joy in my life? Wait, I think you said that the other day and I was just like, it's just her being dramatic. <laughs> but like it just sent me into like a spiral like this whole week and I'm like on this like <laughs> I'm just like what is this joy of like consulting my tarot cards like oh my how God. do I like tap back into like joy and stuff not that I like feel like I don't have any joy in my life but I do feel like actually I'm offended I'm offended I'm not now. having a lot of like inspiration what I'm offended now because you think I would use that against you. That's horrible. That's what you think about me? I'm offended. You came for me. You came for me. You didn't even know it. I what mean, I did just tell you and you laugh, so. <laughs> well, I laugh at everything. You laughed when I said I went to a psychiatrist. <laughs> so, but you laughed at the same time. Well, you know, we laugh when things are awkward, awkward and real. Okay. You but know, that's how I deal. I just, like, don't need you to, like be like well you're a joyless bitch like one day <laughs> you know i listen i will do my best just don't piss me off like but then you can just be like well you're a traumatic whore like it's fine you know we have ammo and it's fine but we we don't use it but the gun is always cocked <laughs> the gun is, the gun it's is always, always loaded cocked. though yeah. chris now's your time to bail out if you feel afraid <laughs> Thank you. It's been great. I love this. It's been awesome. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's my silly little demon trash moment. You this have week. joy, dude. <laughs> I'm just like, do I? Like, I don't know. She's just like crying. I'm just like, just like uh. we're gonna watch Twilight later. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Oh wait, no, we don't have joy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have joy. Um, no, you're fine, dude. Am I? Me. <laughs> you have joy. You're good. But I do get what you mean about a silly little crisis. Because that happened to me earlier this week. I was going to save this for next podcast, but I'll just tell a really quick thing. I I have this uh, Spotify playlist where it's like titled 2012 to 2019 because it's just like a playlist where I just threw music between those years like into this playlist. I mean, it's super long. And I was driving around the other day and I was like, I'll just throw this on. I'm sure it has some bops. Couple songs in, I start spiraling like anxiety attack because and I was like what the fuck is wrong with me I was like what's my path like am I on the what is my life am I a joke all this stuff do I have joy do I like what I'm doing I realized I was listening to the fucking soundtrack of my early 20s of course it sent me in a fucking spiral 
you know, that's old me. I started like remembering like, oh, I listened to this song in Boston back when I was going to school for something that I'm not even doing anymore. (laughs) I remember I had dreams of what I thought I would be now. Like, you know, so like it was just it was I get you. We all spiral sometimes. It's fine. I get it. Uh, but that uh, that wasn't supposed to be a demon trash moment for me because today we're doing something a little different. But I said one anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> today we're doing something a little different because, Chris, you know, you could have come on here and told a little demon trash moment, but we get it. You're perfect or whatever. So I mean, I'm golden rule model. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm look- very pure. People always tell me that anytime I tell like a naughty story, everyone's just like, God, it's so innocent. But still. I know you. You're not that pure. I know. No, that's exactly. I've seen yeah. you in very impure states. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. So um, today, what we're doing is Chris is actually going to probably embarrass me. Am I already red? Um, we so like I said, we've been friends for like nine years. So he's definitely seen me in some demon trash states. And so today he's actually going to tell a demon trash memory on my behalf, um, something that he's witnessed me do. So go for it. Let's hear this demon trash story about me that you witnessed. All right. Well, so obviously I have quite a few. I had quite a few, you know, when thinking about this, because it's uh, we, me and Carol have known each other for, like she said, like over almost nine years. And um, so I've been, I thought long and hard and uh so um, it's just like there's just so many to go there's just through. so many i can't even um <laughs> and uh but so what i was thinking was um so i don't remember the year but this was at a time when me and carol met back in the loo and uh <laughs> that's that's stl that's st louis bitch you better know that arch swain and that wind we know yeah. those facts yeah hey go cardinals uh, right <laughs> Don't get shot. Um, (laughs) And for real. um, But like, uh, be safe out there, kids. Um, But uh, yeah. And so uh, so me and Carol met then. And then she moved to Boston and made a mistake. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. I'm getting into the story. Facts, 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 facts. Yeah. I'm just, I'm giving, I'm giving, this is a prologue before the story. This is the prologue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. I'm spiraling again. Thank you so much. I feel (laughs) like this was like in 2014. Probably. It probably was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But so you, 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 you're, you're in Boston and you came in town. You, your boyfriend didn't come in with you. It was just you. Yeah. And um, so then I was like, one. Some mischief. Uh, so then one, um, let's see, what was it? Uh, so we were, so I was going out with a group of high school friends. I was like, Hey, Carol, you should definitely come along. Like, we're going to go do this thing. And then for whatever reason, we decide not to go to the usual bars we go to. And instead we went to this one place. that's kind of like, I wouldn't say fancier. I feel like we went down to like Washington street. It was off Washington. I know the story. I know this story. Yeah. Yeah. I know you know the story. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so uh, I had a good friend and she, um, her, this guy she was seeing for like the minute that he was existed in her life. Uh, he had an apartment off Washington because he's a high roller. And um, and so we went off Washington and we parked in his um, like uh, parking lot for his apartment. And then we went and we like had a really good time. We went to we a bunch hopped. of bars. Yeah. We bar hopped and uh, we went to a bunch of different bars and uh, Carol just got really drunk. Uh, we, 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 
I don't know how many I this is a great memory from this one of my great memories was is I don't know we went to a bar and there was no one dancing it was just everyone's kind of casually sitting uh-huh. and then Carol started me and Carol Carol was like let's dance Carol started dancing I pulled him in the middle of the dance floor because everyone was in this fucking club bar was just standing around I was like fuck this like yeah. I went out to the middle of the dance floor got that fucking place hopping, yeah dude. no it was crazy no I remember and we were um yeah, and it was so funny because, like, everyone started dancing with us. And we got everyone, like, in this bar to start dancing. We're like, fuck, yeah, we just, like, lit, we just lit this place up. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, and then, oh, let's see, then, um, and then, like, Carol got, me and Carol were getting pretty drunk. I had driven, I think, um, and, yeah, because you were staying at your mom. So I was, I had driven. Don't drink it, guys. Yeah, I, I, well, I wasn't drinking then, yeah. So, I mean, not a lot, probably. I don't remember. Uh, and stuff. I was Who cares? Fine. This was a long time ago. Yeah, uh, it's fine. Uh, you know, I've already, those, I've already made up for those sins. Uh, <laughs> and I've already um, repented. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then, um, what, there was those two guys that hit on you and they were so persistent that you like flicked vodka in their face and they still didn't go away. And they love, they love, men love it. They're like, spit on me. Men are great. They're awesome. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Uh, quality guys are always at bars. So you kids know. Yeah. Um, you're always going to meet the love of your life at a bar. (laughs) For real. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, anyway, but, uh, so yeah, so we, it was like a pretty crazy night and ever, all my high school friends were like, dude, Carol's so cool. Carol's so crazy. Cause Carol was just like, you were like, like being a wingman to my one friend and all that stuff. Oh, and I so I think I got her, did I not get her late? I think I almost did. You almost did. She got a number for sure. I don't think the guy ended up texting her, but yeah, like, like you were like, amazing. Hey bro, she thinks you're really cute. Like give her a number. Yeah. And so, uh, so we had this like great night and we partied a bunch and stuff and then we're like leaving we're going, we're leaving. Um, and we're going into the parking lot, and Carol's like, I really, really have to pee. It's that drunk pee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carol's it's happening. Like, and I was like, Carol, like, we were literally in the bar. Like, why didn't you go pee? And she's like, I just didn't want to wait in line and all this stuff. And she's wearing, like, a, like a romper short. With, like, like I don't know what it's like. It's like a romper because it's all one dress. But it's, it's like This short. is 2014, okay? Oh, I had you're that wearing rom- a romper. I was wearing a romper. Wow. Yeah. It was oh. a little scandalous, little little mesh moment. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so Carol, I talk about the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. It was definitely nice. Um, and so then Carol was like, "Okay, like I really need pee." And I was like, "Okay, well we're in this parking lot." Like Carol's like, "I'm just gonna go pee in front of this car." And then I was just like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "I mean, we could go. We could go pee somewhere else. Like you could go to. We could have gone to a place. You could have no. waited. I no. mean, we did have a 45 minute drive back home. Wait, no, you yeah. stayed at my place. We still yeah, had like yeah. a 30 minute drive. Yeah, but like, um, yeah. So then Carol was like, "I was like, okay, Carol, I'll like, I'll, uh, I'll watch. I'll like watch out." So then she goes in like the front of the car and like starts peeing and stuff and like I remember this because we were like I was like standing like guarding and but it's like you know you're in a parking lot people can come from any direction so I'm like looking around and Carol's like stop looking this way and I was like I'm trying to look like I'm just trying to like I'm trying to make sure no one's coming Carol we're in the little the middle of a fucking parking lot and stuff and then it's like I'm standing in the back of the car and then like the stream of pee is oh, like coming God, down. I this... peed so much. I remember <laughs> you that. You really, really did. I was peeing so much. But you it was, but don't worry, like... the pee was like coming down from behind the car and it was really quite beautiful. It was like seeming, it was like watching the forming of the Mississippi River or like, you know, it was really quite majestic. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, no, I, I have one memory from that night because I did get really fucking drunk, like yeah. so drunk. And I do remember like a little b- bits and pieces from that and if i remember correctly i basically pinned myself between two vehicles yeah put my back and like 
put my two feet on a tire so I was like hovering <laughs> like basically hovering over these two cars so that I would pee down and it wouldn't get my outfit and I was in a romper so yeah. I kind of had to strip a little naked yeah you had yeah. to like and I was like kind of like holding my fucking yeah. tits so Chris wouldn't see me anyway it's fine it's like it was fine. He looked out for me that day. And then we were I remember- so lucky no one came. Like we were like in a parking lot. Busy like, too. It's busy like, yeah. around there. Like we were so lucky that like no one even walked by and stuff. So <sighs> yeah. yeah. It was like it was meant to be. Yeah, it was almost like a perfect moment. Um <laughs> of being in the parking lot. Of yeah. being in the parking like said, lot. Quite On majestic. Oh, it was right outside fucking what's that thing in St. Louis that everyone loves? That's the like- museum. What? Yeah. It yeah, was right yeah, it was outside off, of City Museum. Like right by Washington. So yeah. I peed in that parking lot. Nice. Yeah. The next morning, um, I had to get back because I think I came in town for like a holiday or something. And I, my mom wanted me to come back home because I was only in town for like the long weekend. And she wanted me back home like super early in the morning. Yeah. So Chris. You leave at 8. Like, Chris woke me up at like 7.45, 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I am hung over the house. Yeah. Like. It was so bad, and but I was young, you know. I was like, tw- I was like freshly twenty-one, I think, and so I had stamina. You can bounce back. I, ba- back I bounced then. back. Oh. I drove back. I was in my mom's car, and I remember I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna vomit. It's happening." Because I had like a forty-five-minute <sighs> drive back to my mom's house, and so I just blast the AC. I pull over on the side of the road. I'm literally throwing up because I don't know. Like a bunch of people bought me drinks that night. I literally don't know what I had. Don't do that, guys. <laughs> but, but I did get a lot knew, of free- people you knew. And yeah, it was, it but was- no, I did get drinks. I did oh, get drinks yeah, did from get drinks random from guys. Guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did get a lot of random drinks from some dudes. But um, but like I took them because they're free. Like they didn't get anything from me. It's like thanks for the drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh. No, I threw up and I remember like basically like olive slivers coming out. Ew. <laughs> like not even chewed olive slivers. <laughs> and like people were honking at me. Just, I'm just like, blah. And I remember just sitting back blasting the AC and being like, yes, we're back on track. <laughs> <laughs> and went back home and partied with my family. So that's uh, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. No, that was, was a good time. time. It was a good time. Mr. Sage. Yes. Um, <laughs> I on May fourth, I did see that person kill that person. Okay, wait. Yeah, Am yeah, I yeah. on trial? Sorry. No. Oh, okay. We're not talking about the murder any anymore. <laughs> um, we cut that. But um, anyway, uh, other than you know just being like a perfect watchdog, a perfect Bessie boy in my life, who looks out for me whenever I'm peeing on the streets. Um. You're also just like just such an admirable dude. And I'm going to like gush about you for a second. I'm just ready to take it. Um, what I admire the most about you, Chris, is definitely your work ethic and this undeniable ability. Like anyone who knows you cannot disagree that you have this ability to believe in what you're doing and then achieve it and execute like 100 percent. You have always done that. You've always been that way in the nine years I've known you. So a lot of like what we wanted to talk to you about today is imposter syndrome because, you know, I think that this is really important, especially like if you're a creative 
But like if you're a trashling or a human, a creative person, then you definitely know what imposter syndrome is. And imposter syndrome in a nutshell is basically like believing that you're a fraud, that you doubt your accomplishments and feel that everything that you've achieved is based off luck and not at all due to your hard work or your talent and that you don't deserve any of them because you don't feel worthy and like the best example is like when we got like listed yeah when we got listed in the uh austin Austin monthly in austin monthly as like one of the top 11 podcasts i feel like that really like oh i was like we spiraled we literally spiraled (laughs) because i don't know it's not like i was like we're we're just not where we it's almost like i was like oh we're not worthy there's so many other podcasters i was like for some reason i was doubting that we had a, a legit a legitimate podcast for some, yeah. for like, i was like what like you know yeah. what i mean it was i was just like a typo yeah. like, i was like edit like a, the a demon track like, did they listen like, did, <laughs> did i know did they like did they actually listen to us but then they wrote like a really nice thing and it was like super nice and and so but like that was like the best example like we really were like this cannot be like this is not possible it was like almost unbelievable when i first read that like someone tagged us and i was like what like us in a magazine like on a actual legitimate website like that's crazy demon trash not us like i've come to like accept it and be like yeah actually okay i think i do deserve this but like i feel like sometimes when you're first starting out or like when you're doing something like especially when it comes to imposter syndrome that like Mm -hmm. you feel like if you're not like making your living off of it like you you're like really like not like for me I'm not keen to be like I'm this like I'm a podcaster and a youtuber yeah I'm definitely I've been working on it but I've never been the person to be like hi I'm Carol and I'm a podcaster and a youtuber um that just sounds fucking terrible to me like I can't I'm getting better at it but it's really hard for me and like I know this isn't true but when I think of you Chris I don't think of that at all because you've always been like hi I'm Chris Sage I'm a screenwriter and filmmaker and you know I so I always assume like Chris doesn't have imposter syndrome but like I know that you probably do experience it and you know despite not doing you know not being a filmmaker full-time and all of that no shade none of us like a lot of us are actually a lot of people that Mm -hmm. you would not believe it are not doing it full-time or making money from it and so you know but I've always known you to be like the guy who's like yeah I'm doing this other thing as a means to an end to achieve this so were you always this way? Were you always like, hi, I'm Chris Sage. I'm a screenwriter and filmmaker. Like, did you just like embody that early on? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, no, you know, it's, it's funny because like we, you had told me that you might want to talk, you were wanting to talk about this. And it, it really got me thinking about like my journey with like this. Cause like I do still suffer from it and yeah. like, and I still do, um, and I, and I, and I still have, and I, I still have, so I really thought about my journey and, um, uh, you know, I, I feel like, um, I feel like I did struggle with it and, um, you know, and I remember being at a film festival like a couple of years ago and then I, like I had, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to someone and then they were like, so what do you do? And I was, they're like, 
oh, like, are you interested in, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. being, what kind of filmmaking, as, what aspect of filmmaking do you love, or, like, what do you want to do, kind of thing, and I remember being like, I want to be a screenwriter, like, 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 little kid pulling at, like, Chris used to sound like that, yeah, right, yeah. before puberty, probably did, <laughs> uh, hell yeah, um, He's 30, so puberty was about five years ago. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. real. So. Yeah, uh, I was born with this beard, though. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a weird dichotomy. Yeah, yeah no, it's... Uh, but um, I... Uh, yeah, and I remember saying, like, you know, like, I just remember feeling like a little kid, like, being like, I mm-hmm. want to be a screenwriter, like, being sitting in front of my elementary school class, being, like, with my, like, shitty drawings of me writing with a typewriter, like, yeah. that's how I felt at this film festival, and that was literally, like, two, three years ago. Right. I was, I, yeah, it was, like, three, maybe three or four years ago, and, I, and then the woman remembered looking at me being like, well, now I know you're not, and I was like, what do you mean? She's like, because she's like, you said you want to be. She's like, Chris, you've done it. You are. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> I was just like, what? No, fuck no. I was just like, I was like, you know, and I remember when she said that to me, I was just like very like awestruck because I was like, oh, and stuff. So Still um, in that voice. Too. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the Mickey Mouse voice. Uh, I'll do it when I do impressions of people. Um, it's just like go to. Uh, but like I, and I was very uh, caught off guard by it. And I remember being like, oh shit, like, you know, like no wonder like people no, like I say I want to be, and that instantly lets everyone know that you don't believe it. And that instantly lets everyone know that you down the line, when there's a fork, you might choose to go another direction. Oh shit. Yeah. You know? And that's what I realized <laughs> oh is, is that that's what I realized is, um, you know, is that like somewhere like that's letting people know that you're that you doubt yourself. So yeah. why would they give you a position? If they why pers- would they take you seriously? Why would they take you seriously? And why would she offer me a picture deal at fucking Warner Brothers if I'm like, I want to be a screenwriter. And yeah. then you know what? It's like she's like, cool. Well, like, good luck on that journey. And then next. Yeah. Shit, dude. Yeah. Wow. And- this is um, blowing me away. <laughs> Well, and so, uh, so, you know, like that was that that had really started really influencing me. And then there's a really good um, it's it's somewhere deep in the archives of somewhere is uh, the filmmaker Sam Raimi, the director and writer of the Evil Dead series and stuff. He has a really good bit that he did that I had watched when I was like 18. He has a whole bit that he goes, if you. He's like, you work at you work at a grocery store, but then on the weekends, you know, you write a script, then you find some actors, and then that next weekend you film it, and then that next weekend you shoot it. He goes, you keep mm-hmm. doing that every month. He's like, you're a filmmaker. No one can take that away from you. You are a filmmaker. Yeah. And I remember being like, he's not wrong. Yeah. Right? Like, he's not wrong because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm doing these things, thus I am you know yeah yeah and um and i think that's something that like really always stuck with me because i but then i didn't believe it you know for a second there and um uh but really then i like after i had that conversation so like that's always in the back that's always was in the back of my head but then when this person says that i know you're not now i was like oh shit like i just need to start owning it you know yeah and i just need to start being like i'm a screenwriter and i'm a filmmaker and not be like oh i work at goodwill i'm a manager here but then I also uh, write, you know, and stuff like that. In I my wanna, free time, I write, yeah. Yeah, and I want to, like, you know, like, I wanted to be taken, like, seriously. And mm-hmm. I realized that, like, it, it's really hard because you don't, 
you you don't think that you're yeah because you're not making a living off of it so how can you say i think that is like the biggest divide for like i think especially for millennials like i feel like we like have so much pressure like to make money generationally for sure and like if we're not like if our creative career that we're trying to pursue isn't like making like isn't what is like paying our bills like i feel like i'm like i never want to say like oh, I'm a podcaster because, like, I work Uber Eats, like, on the right. weekend. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, it's just it's it's just so weird because, it, like, because you're not making money for it from it. It's, like, that's not what, like, that's not what you are. But it's, like, yeah. I feel like it's kind of, like, you have to, like, switch that, like, idea because it's, like, we are podcasters first. And everything else that we do, like, actually comes below it's a stepping that. stone you yeah it's, it's a, a stepping, stepping stone. stone right and you're working towards getting to that point and stuff and there's a really good i there's a really good there it's a really i did not expect to get this big of an insight from this movie but it's called fighting with the family it's produced by Dwayne the rock johnson it tells the story of a wwe wrestler and she in the middle of the movie the theme of it is just because a million people aren't chanting your name just because a million people aren't watching what you're doing doesn't mean you're not doing it and Damn. i and I think that to me is something like I am now like I know now that like I don't have a million people like, you know, yeah, doing I don't have a million people watching me. But at the same time, like I can't discount the effect that what I'm doing isn't impacting people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's 100 percent it. And I think that's why, you know, because we talk a lot about, you know, because like our generation is, you know, very. <sighs> I mean, we are products of social media and sort of like always feeling like if you're not making money from it and you don't have an audience, then you're not worthy. There's a huge pressure from the powers that be that created this and which is why, you know, now we have Gen Z, (laughs) you know, being like 14 and having like, 9.5 million followers like when I was growing up that just didn't happen that didn't happen so like there is like this sort of generational millennial middle kid sort of thing that happened that where our parents were telling us like you got to go be lawyers you got to go be doctors you got to go be you got to go make money because that's what is important that's like you got to make it through life like yeah achieve your dreams but like not really but like, is it paying the bills or like part-time like uh i have a uh like um i have a friend and he is um he's wanting to start his own like gym and thing like things or something like that and like you know his his wife's dad is always telling him why doesn't he just go work and do this why doesn't he just do this and then he mm-hmm. can like then he can do it on the side like why doesn't he just make money first like why is he like trying to start this business up yeah in the beginning and i like i'm always like and like that's very much that like that generation like my dad always asked me like how great job on like winning this film festival but like how's that gonna make you money and, like that's like his question yeah. his bottom line question of is not are, are you happy with what you're doing do you feel fulfilled like you know like it's what- always like are you working yeah are you working like are you working yeah. it's like yeah i'm working like mm-hmm. i i've had to be like yeah i'm working the podcast is going very well yeah it's i been think such a shift and then because my mom will always be like well you know what I, I was talking about uber eats and it's like no shade to my mom i'm just it's just like you know i think like 
there's just this there's such a emphasis on making money off what you're doing Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's just it's very detrimental (laughs) it's extremely Mm -hmm. detrimental to people's identity as they grow up and you know because here i am 28 and just like constantly i and i know like so many people we all just struggle with imposter syndrome but it's because of these thoughts distortions that like just everyone has yeah because i feel like a lot of the times if i meet like creative people they like tend to like really like undercut themselves like they're like oh well i model but for my job i work here do you know what i mean but it's like they they always like for me i i do the same thing it's like oh like i'm a podcaster i'm a youtuber but i also you know do this on the side to make money i don't know why like yeah. like especially like if i justify it yeah and right. i and i have to like always feel like i have to like also like like if they find out that it's not like super successful or like whatever like you that way i'm already like, like yeah. pre-preparing them be like oh, it's not that big of like you know like our audience yeah. is pretty like it's first just starting out like i always <laughs> feel like i have to like undercut myself but it's like funny just like because we don't get like thousands of listeners every month yeah or like, like like hundreds of thousands of views do you yeah, know what exactly. i mean like but it's it's funny because like the term like fake it till you make it like i feel like i always heard that growing up yeah. But, like, yeah. I just, like, for me, like, I just couldn't do that. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? But it's actually, yeah. like, a legitimate thing. Like, actually, like, but it's not, you're not faking it, though. It's, like, that's what you're actually doing. Yeah, it's, like, when we <laughs> first started, it was a lot of, like, we'd say, fake it till we make it, fake it till we make it. But it's, like, we're not faking it. We literally do this as, like, essentially our full-time job. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're working on this day in and day out i put more hours into this like more than i put into anything else exactly. going on you know exactly and the the point is is exactly what you said chris is like you're doing it it's yeah. what you do it's literally what you do it's not something that you do on the side it's what you do no it's the other thing the means to the end the thing that's helping you pay the bills while you do your thing is the thing that's on the side that's disposable it could be exactly. literally it, it could be literally whatever it's if just it went li- away i wouldn't give a shit if this yeah. went away it would kill me because this is what matters the most to me and that's why i do it the most so yeah, yeah. i i always i i've been feeling that like as long as you're chasing like what you love and stuff like that like everything else you want in life will follow and that's kind of been my experience with yeah. filmmaking is you know, like, it's why I've always been, like, on my filmmaker and screener, because I know at the end of the day, like, if I just keep chasing that, like, everything else I'm going to, everything else I want will follow. And it really yeah. has. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, um, but yeah, I can definitely tell you that once I started saying, like, I'm a screener and filmmaker, the next thing, the next, literally, kid you fucking not, that, like, I started getting calls of people being like, hey, I know you're a screenwriter. You're the only one I know do you want to write this like yeah. promo bit for me? And I've yeah. gotten like, not again, it's that thing. Like I wasn't getting paid millions to do it. So I was like, whatever. But yeah. then I realized that like, but I'm getting asked to do it. Yeah. Like I'm, I am the guy, you know, I still like work for two companies in St. Louis and we still, they're always asking us to mean Steven, my co-writer, we write a lot of stuff together. They're always asking us to do story edits yeah. on their, they're promotional videos, which are really small and they're not very big budgety things. But at the same time, but they t- need a screenwriter, which is what you are. Exactly. Yeah. And so now I'm getting, you know, I'm making revenue 
not a lot, not livable, but you know, I'm making revenue. And so yeah. now I, I don't feel, I don't feel as like, oh, like I'm like a screenwriter in my free time. Cause like, I'm like, you know, I'm making, you know, $10, <laughs> you right, know, but there, I was yeah. like, you know, you don't need to know the, the amount, but I was like, I made, you know, like, you know, it's like my taxes. I'm writing. It's like, okay. And film independent filmmaking. I was like, <laughs> all right, a hundred bucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, cool. Yeah. But you know what? That's revenue yeah. for mm-hmm. what I am, what I'm doing. And yeah. I, and, but that to me, that doesn't define success. Right. And it's right. hard because like, that's what mm-hmm. you're going to talking about. Right. Is like, is if your bank account, if you make a lot of money, like that's what defines success and yeah. i think that's where this whole thing kind of goes wrong because it's like you can't let that define um you can't let that define your success yeah, exactly. you know i think especially for like artists and creative types too i feel like those are the ones that like probably struggle the most with imposter syndrome and like yeah. wanting to keep pursuing this and like not giving up on it do you know exactly. what i mean because it's like i feel like the journey might be a lot longer and a lot harder because people always want to write off like creative careers and like creative like jobs and aspirations and they're like there's no path there's no there's no direct path it's not easy you'll bounce around for like ever until you but you have to like stick to it you know what i mean exactly and also you hear a lot of times and i mentioned it earlier a lot of people always say oh you know i got lucky how i mean how many idols in like filmmaking Mm -hmm. podcasting whatever it is how many of your idols have you seen say well i got lucky one day Kanye saw a thing I did and that's and that's what happened we have to stop saying that we got lucky you just put your talent out there and like you said it clicked somebody was like well we need that Mm -hmm. like we like that person's talent you know what I mean like Kanye can literally have anybody he wants like why would he just why would he get why would it be luck that he would choose you out of a group of pe- people it's because you had the talents because you worked hard yeah you know and like that's my example and it's like but that's what we get a lot of the time is like i just got lucky and so then we emphasize the people who are still working to get to where they want to be what they define as successful as i just need to get lucky one day mm-hmm. i just need that video to go viral I just need whatever. And I just need one person to see the script or one person. Exactly. You know. And I feel like that's, we really need to stop doing that. It's just do it, do the work and it'll happen. And I feel like a lot of what you said is like, cause we talk about this sometimes is when you say I am this, you are in, it's a, in a way it's self visualization, it's self actualization. And then in, that's like, that's what manifestation is. You're manifesting those things to come into your life by stating I am. Yeah, no. And you're starting to believe it yourself, you know, exactly. and that's what, that's, that's where I'm mm-hmm. kind of at right now in exactly. this like journey of it is yeah. that like, I started saying it, not believing it. And then now I'm at the point now where like, you know, I'm at this point and it's very difficult, but like I'm at this point where like I like I'm starting to believe it because I'm starting to see, you know, like anything, I anything, you know, it's that whole thing. Like some I when so I'd made a short movie and it got had optioned and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it, it, it's done really well. And everyone was just like, oh, man, that's awesome. Like it sounds, you know, like it sounds like you got really lucky. And I was like. It was that thing. Luck had nothing fucking to do with it. Like, yeah. like it was a I lot got, of fucking hard work. I got mm-hmm. lucky in the sense that people liked it. That's the only luck. But everything up that whole two, it took about two years to do yeah. that whole two year journey. 
you know, was no luck. It was all calculated risk. It was all me working my ass off and Mm -hmm. pushing myself. And I think that that's like, you know, so I totally agree with like the lucky bit because it's like, I didn't get lucky. I put myself out there and I was confident and I was like, I'm this, you know, and stuff. And I, I remember in the emails being like, uh, you know, like, you know, sincerely like Chris writer, filmmaker, you know, like, you know, um, that's fucking badass because I feel like Avery and I are just like just getting there. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just getting there. And it's like we've been doing this, what, for two years now? And yeah. I'm just now starting to tell people because I when I worked in production and filmmaking, I'm just now starting to tell those people who still hit me up to go back to work. And I'm not going back because I've decided this this is my job now. And you know, I'm just now starting to tell those people. Yeah, they're like, oh, what are you doing now? I'm just now telling them this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And they're always like, that's amazing. And guess what? It kind of brought more opportunities my way that I can't take because I'm so like, I can't do that because this is my job. I can't take on another job. But it's kind of crazy when you're like, oh, yeah, well, this is what I'm doing now. They're like, oh, well, that's great. Next thing I know, I'm getting editing jobs. Like people want me to edit their movies. And I'm like, I'm a novice meme editor. Like, that's what I do. I don't think you really understand. But that's the thing. Like, if you are really just putting yourself out there and, like, self-actualizing and, like, that's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is, like, do you, when you started doing that, were you worried about other people's perceptions or did it matter to you because you were, like, well, I'm a writer and screenwriter and I know that. Like, I know that. So I don't care what other people think that, oh, they see me at Goodwill. And so they're like, oh, I'm not a filmmaker. But I know I'm a filmmaker because I'm making a movie. Um, It it, won- it, it, it definitely was like, um, it was like half and half. Like, there would be times when I would be like really hard on myself because someone would say like, well, I guess that's not working out for you as, as, as you know, people do uh, when you're like not doing it for a living and right. you're working somewhere else. And um, so it definitely, I was always, I definitely, the only place that I feel weird is when I've gone to bigger film festivals and I've talked to like actually really well-established filmmakers. Yeah, That's the only time when I become like, and it's hard because I try to stay, I try to, um, I try to stay my ground of like, I'm a screenwriter, I'm a filmmaker. And here I'm talking to someone who like, you know, just got into Sundance, <laughs> yes. like Institute, you know, yeah. and like had, a, and it's movie is played in like every big country in the world. And they're, and I'm sitting here and they're like, you know, like they're not, and they're not much older than me. It's not like, yeah. they're like it's not like they're like 50. Yeah. They're like, you know, in their mid thirties. And so like that's the only time when I start really feeling like I'm not going to call myself a screenwriter because like they're going to call it out. They're going to call my shit. And you know what, though? They don't. And I realized that the first time they never do they, the first time they did the first time that I was like, oh, I want to be a screenwriter. I went back. To, I defaulted because this guy was just really talented. And then I remember having a long conversation with him and I remember telling him this and he was like dude don't he's like i don't he's like i am no he's like i was where you were man and he mm-hmm. on, and he like he he watched my short film and all these things and he's like dude you're fucking talented man he's like Aww. you know and it was just like i was like oh shit like i yeah. have every re- i have every reason to be um just say i'm a filmmaker because again it's like he 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 pointed the same thing out he's like you did it dude so like you are why are you why are you scared and he's like you know you don't you don't have to sell a movie at sundance you don't have to become like you don't have to be directing like you know king kong versus godzilla 2 to be like 
you know, this big (laughs) director and stuff like that. And, you know, and I think that's to me, like, I'm still in that weird place when I'm around the, when I'm around like the next level people, I tend to still. You're around the people that you perceive to be successful. Yeah. So it's almost like breaking the matrix, dude. It really Mm -hmm. is. You kind of have to like break the simulation because you're essentially breaking like the rules that we put on success in society and like Mm -hmm. what we deem as a society to be successful. So you've cracked the simulation. You're like, you're fucking Neo. Well, so the biggest thing I've learned from those experiences is that um, I still say I'm a filmmaker and screenwriter and, you know, and then somewhere I'll state that I probably I don't do it for a living. You know, I I, I don't make money off of it right now. You but always slip that in. Eventually I do, yeah. you know. It's just like, you know, and I uh, I try to be humble and I try to ask them for advice. And that's that's to mm. me where I've learned is that that's the line is like once you start act, once you start kind of faking it and start acting like you're like this big shot like director or filmmaker and that's when they start seeing through stuff, you know. And mm-hmm. then instead of yeah, that's a big one. So inst- I've realized when I'm amongst you know people who I see that are really successful, I tend to I do tend to underplay myself a little bit. But that's also I also do that in a sense. I also do that because I want to show that I'm eager to learn and I yeah. want to be better, and yeah. that I just need someone else to help me. You know, not give me the keys to the gate, but like help me figure out how to get there. Yeah, what's and, the, what was your experience? Yeah, and I definitely um uh and it's hard because I definitely feel like sometimes I do still feel like a little kid and I've told and I I, I a couple of people I talked to and a couple of like directors and other big filmmakers that I've met uh that you know um I've been like I'm like I'll say something and I'll be like so like what exactly is that? And then you know but they they like the fact that I'm actually asking yeah. questions that I don't I that they can tell that I'm serious. Yeah. And that's what one of them said. They're like, I can tell you're serious. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like you're still new. And yeah. and so like that's my I guess that would be my that that's like what I've learned when you're amongst, you know, if you guys are ever amongst like podcasters that have like more a bigger audience yeah. and stuff like yeah. that is like that is, happens. <laughs> you know, and uh, like the you know, is that like that's what I've kind of like learned from it is that you know, you come in there and you still say you're a podcaster and that you're doing this and stuff like that, you know, cuz they've been where you're at. Oh yeah. And stuff so um but And yeah. we forget that, right? We, we yeah. always forget that. We're always like, well, uh they started out with 100,000 listens. So that's why when when we were on that list, we were like on a list with big big podcasters. So it was just like I who gave you this information? <laughs> How did yeah. you find us? Did, but it's ooh, just like, yeah. you know, it's it's crazy because you have you always have these like little instances where people are like, oh, yeah, I saw your stuff. And like every time you like it's like you're like, I can't believe they've are seen you that bored? anything yeah. that I've done or like, you know, what like I've seen rabbit your, hole. Did you go like down? I've seen your like I your Instagram post and like people like we went to like a podcasters meetup and like all these different podcasters Everyone came up to they're us. like we are the demon trash girls and we were like oh what the fuck get away from me oh. <laughs> how do they know and it was just it was like also like reassuring and that's yeah. what i felt like the austin like i feel like the article gave me like like i don't not authority what am i looking legitimacy like i don't know why like i needed an outside source to legitimize was what i was doing yeah. You know, I shouldn't yeah. have needed that. Yeah. I should have been I should have known that like 
I am a podcaster. I've been putting out podcasts for the past two years. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so what I've, what I've been experiencing, and this has been my journey like the last year, has been that, um, you know, a lot of times with imposter syndrome and things that I've had is has been, um, it's just been me not really like um, uh, appreciating what I've done and giving myself the benefit and giving and like that's something like I've been on this very last several months of journey of of um of self-compassion you know and uh it's something I was like self-compassion it's like why do you need that um, <laughs> Pussy. yeah it's just like Pussy. yeah you know well because it's like I I, I felt like being hard look in the mirror and say affirmations too <laughs> <laughs> do you need your pinkity drinkity <laughs> All right, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. no, you're good. Um, <laughs> I'm bullying you. It's it's fine. It's Karen. what I'm I just, need actually. It's... I need to look in the mirror and go, "You're doing great, kid." <laughs> no, well, you see, and that's the thing. And it's it sounds it's I you know I'm not about to like break out acoustic guitar and like hold hands with anybody, but like, <laughs> you know, like oh maybe I will now. Um, uh, but uh, you know, like it's I I've been on this kind of self compassion kind of journey, and I realize that like that's you know I realize like the imposter syndrome a lot of times had to do with me not feeling like I was worthy. Right. And that's like where you guys are. You're like, we're not worthy to be on this list, but you guys are doing it. You're working hard. You're putting the hard work in there and you might not see, feel like quote unquote, you're having the results that you want, but like someone's people are taking notice and that's all you need right now is you're building momentum right now. And I think it's really hard because it's like, I, I've been on a big kick of uh, telling people that like, you know, like, uh, and so weird because it's like I, I I had realized I started doing it myself or, you know, you like, you know, not necessarily you looking in the mirror, but then also being like, you've worked hard and you deserve this. Like, yeah. and that's where I've been right now is like, it's super hard to do. And you almost like, you're much rather like, you know, like put yourself down <laughs> yeah. and give yourself a benefit of a doubt and congratulate yourself. But like, I, I really look at like my journey where I've been as a filmmaker and I started being like, you know what? I am fucking good. And you know, and I, and I got scared saying that stuff because I don't want to get cocky and yeah. think that I want to be humble. And I, I remember like, there's a difference between, but believing in yourself though and then being like oh I'm cocky I'm cocky like it's okay to be like no what I'm, I'm talented but I know I there's a lot to learn that's the difference is like when you meet somebody and we've all met them where they're like they made one fucking short film or they have a podcast and they're like yeah well um anyway uh I'm good like you know what I mean like they they feel like they don't need the advice because what they're doing like their shit doesn't stink so like they don't want the advice they don't need to have the conversation in fact oh I need to be giving you the advice that is where you don't have to worry about it you know like I feel like you the difference with you is you're always wanting to learn you always want to learn and if you stay like I think that's the other thing about imposter syndrome is that it it comes along with the territory of feeling like when you're a creative or just like I feel like a perfectionist in general like there is this overwhelming feeling of never being satisfied Mm -hmm. with what you're doing you're like I know I can do better I'm never even though I'll really like something that I did I really like an episode it's just like I'm just not where I want to be it could be better it could be better and I feel like that's good um but at the same time like I do need to remind myself like but I'm doing it and it's good like you know like I 
I, I'm, it's the problem of like, I'm never satisfied. And I think that's a good thing, but also I'm stopping to say like, but I'm, what I'm putting out is what my best is right now. And I know mm-hmm. it'll just get better. I'll ge- I'll keep getting better and being satisfied with that right now. And you're mm-hmm. going to keep growing. Like, exactly. and I think that's totally, I think people always are scared of wanting to know everything. And it's funny because like, I was actually having a conversation with someone yesterday and she's a nurse and she has imposter syndrome so it has it goes it doesn't have to be no it doesn't have to be with creative creative it can be anyone like women in stem you know stuff like that like i remember when she told me she has it sometimes i'm just like but you're a nurse (laughs) it's like (laughs) you know and she's like because she's like she's in she got a new job and she and she doesn't feel like she knows everything and so she feels like when she she's yeah she just very much that feels like she's not she shouldn't be here like yeah. And stuff like that. And because she doesn't know, she doesn't know as much everything else as those nurses or these other people. Yeah. And I think, um, uh, and I think that's like definitely something that you have to kind of like look at sometimes is that, you know, like it's okay not like, it's okay not to know everything right now. Mm-hmm. And I had a problem with it too, where it's okay not to know everything. And it's okay to like keep, because they keep growing. It and also I, holds you back because maybe yeah. you haven't even like started something. Yeah. Maybe you haven't gone to school for like whatever it is that you want to do. Like sometimes that can hold you back because you feel like, well, I need to know every fucking thing about this thing that I want to pursue before I start so I don't look like an idiot. Yeah. And that's really detrimental thinking. Go for it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Just, just do, do it. it you'll figure it also, out also like always be open to like constructive criticism and stuff like that yeah i think that that's was reading like another thing of like imposter syndrome it's like you don't want to hear any criticism because like you can't like you'll like shatter your illusion <laughs> yeah exactly you know and I'm it's like, like i am a piece of shit like, you know constructive criticism it does not, it's that, not that's that's how how you grow yeah exactly and just like also like just taking time to like recognize your achievements like just because yeah. it's not where you it's not where it where you want it to be you have achieved something though just yeah. by doing it it's you're okay achieving to not it. be satisfied i think it just makes it makes everything you do a little bit more exciting imagine being satisfied all the time that would suck. Yeah. I yeah. feel like it would suck. It would get boring. It would yeah. get boring. You would just like, what is there? You're going to wake up every day and just be like, everything's perfect. Like, no, like you're never going to keep wanting to keep going and you're never going to have anything to fuel your creativity or whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and I also feel like uh, a lot with what Avery just said is because I've definitely done this where I have a vision of where I want to be and I just keep moving towards that. Yeah. And I yeah. really don't. I don't slow down. I as Carol knows, like I am always yeah, you're doing go, go, go. I'm always go, go, go. And I'm always doing like eight things. That's what and- I was saying. Your work ethic is yeah. insane. Like you are definitely the kind of person who's like. I will not sleep. I will not eat. I will do whatever it takes. Even if I worked 18 hours that day, I am going to go and focus on whatever it is I'm trying to do. Like your work ethic is crazy. Like you put everything, everything into what you do. No, I mean, it's admirable. It really, you have a drive that like i really admire but i doubt myself like every second of that and but i always tell myself i'm so much closer to the finishing line and the only way i'm gonna fail is if i stop running and that's 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 my mindset right now but then put that on a poster with like a (laughs) cat like reaching for something 
Um, but I think sometimes I, I, I've been, what I've been doing the last couple of months is, and what I started doing and I think really started helping me really believe in myself a little bit more is I started slowing myself down and really looking at like what everything that I've done and realizing like, wow, like, I am good. I am doing this. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that's something that like is uh, always like, and you guys have done it. Like, I mean, like you guys have done that. Like, or you guys have accomplished a lot already and it might not feel like it, but I think that's, I think you guys have grown and you guys are getting better and you guys are maybe not at that pinnacle where you think you want to be, but you guys are growing and you guys are getting better and you're pushing yourselves a lot more. And I think that that's like, we actually brought Chris Sage on to be our consultant for yeah, today. I'm, 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 I'm everybody's cheerleader. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like, we brought it's, you on to be a guest, but you're actually here to be a consultant on uh, telling us that we've grown. Hey, Trashlings. We just wanted to remind you all to follow us on our social medias. We don't want you, our besties, to miss out on any of our content. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at Demon Trash Podcast, TikTok at Demon Trash Cast. With YouTube, we have two channels. We have the Demon Trash Podcast channel, which is the one you're watching this podcast on now. And then we also have our Demon Trash youtube channel which we just do a lot of fun content like we movie reacts stuff. and it's we'll fun. be playing games and we you know we're just our goofy gal selves over there <laughs> uh but you can find all of this info at demontrash.com which is going to be updated weekly now mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> go over there it has everything also guys don't forget to rate and review us on whatever podcasting platform that you are using it really helps small shows like us out um Give it a five-star rating. Go on. Don't be shy. Uh, and if you have demon trash friends, which I know you do because you're a disgusting piece of trash like us, go and tell them. Share it with them. I'm sure they'll like it since you like it, you disgusting piece of trash. And if you like what we do here, you want to help us keep the lights on <laughs> and uh, spare some pennies, you can support us over at anchor.fm slash demon trash. Again, that's anchor.fm slash demon trash for as little as 99 cents a month or whatever you feel like shelling over. It is the reason why we have these lights in the studio things, space this now. Studio. This is Xander, our boy. <laughs> um, and you guys help us do all this for you. So thank you guys so much to all the trashlings who are already doing that. We really love you. And thank you so much for your support. All right, back to the show. So Chris, you know, with demon trash, cause you're such a long time listener. And a first time caller. Yeah. That we talk a lot about, you know, being in your twenties, which you're no longer a part of the twenties crew. <laughs> thanks. Thanks Carol. Uh, 30, the big three. Oh, he's 30. He's 30. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, like, we uh, we look at it with, people like... People always think I'm, like, younger now, and I'm, well, like... Yeah, I was like, really? I always forget that you're 30. Yeah. Like, I always forget that you're older than me. Because uh, you're so young at heart, you know? I think I You really have a am. boyish innocence about you. <laughs> Again, with the boyish innocence. But um, with everything, like, you, we've talked about, like, do you feel like age has anything to do with it? Like... Do you feel like, because you always hear all the time, like throughout your 20s, like when you're 30 and up, like it gets so much better. You know what I mean? Like there's always that like, but then there's also like the saying of like the 20s is the time of your life. It's the prime time. 
But then when you're like getting closer to 30, everyone's like 30s is prime time. You know, I feel like it goes up and up and up and up up. And I just was wondering, like, how do you feel with everything? Like, do you feel like now that you're 30 and like getting older, do you feel like more settled into yourself? Do you feel like age has anything to do with like, you know, this imposter syndrome and all of that? Uh, absolutely. Um, honestly, uh, absolutely. So when I turned 25, I remember being like, I have five more years until I'm 30. Yeah. And like my goal, the timeline, the, the, my, yeah. And that's, that's what it is really is like this unofficial, like rule slash guideline that society has where by 30, you should be like settled down. But I think that's all changing. And I think yeah. but we're, we're still on this like old timeline. Like my parents were had two kids by the time they were 30, exactly. like, mm-hmm. you know, they owned a house, you know, yeah. it's just like, you know, but like, um so uh i i put that pressure on myself which was really it was really interesting so when i turned 25 i was like i have five more years until i'm 30 i need to start getting my shit together and (laughs) now being 30 um i uh, the last five years have gone by a lot slower for me personally have gone by a lot slower because i've been waiting on things so like oh interesting so i felt like because i was working on these projects and i was waiting on them and like so stuff kind of went by a lot slower but i like i had put these like silly timelines on myself where i was like i want by the time i'm 30 i want a movie in like a theater and stuff like that and like (laughs) wow really yeah but you know what i never such a you know i don't mean to laugh it's just like I totally get what you mean. It's like you like you're like in five years, you have this like sky limit goal. You're like, I have to get there. I have to get there. Like it's got to happen by the time I'm 30. It has to happen. And it's just crazy. But then I realized um, I realized that like uh, um, I realized that like uh yeah, that, you know, I didn't really fight for that goal. I wasn't really trying to really accomplish that one. And by circumstance, by, I just happened to, you know, like yeah. I wasn't fighting and sleeping like day and night trying to be like, I'm almost 30. I need to get my life together, you know, because it's like I started realizing that like, okay, if I chase what I love, like everything else I want is going to follow. But I have a lot of other friends who are like starting to chase what they love, but then they're like, I want a house. I want kids. And they're like, you know, and some of them are women, some of them are men. So like, they kind of like, they kind of like settled down. But for me, I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep chasing. Like I want to keep going after like what I want to do. And so I think a lot of times it did have to do with age, but there's two pieces of advice that really just like made me all sudden, like, like I was running around and like, you know, doing 80 things at once. And then all of a sudden I heard this, these two things of advice. And all of a sudden I sat down and was like, all right, going to watch what's on Netflix. Give it to me. Uh, so uh, two things are, is your 20s are for figuring out what you don't want to do. Your 30s are for figuring out what you, doing what you want to do. Wow. Yeah. And that was like really, it really hit me because I realized that like I'd done everything under the sun in the lap between 20 and 20 and 29. Like I worked at multiple places. I've been managers multiple times. I had done indie filmmaking a couple of for like a whole year freelancing. I had done editing. I had done motion graphics. I had done animation. I Mm -hmm. had made like five short movies in that, that 10 years. And I really realized like by the time I was 30, I was like, okay, I've done all these things. Lots of this stuff made me unhappy. Yeah. But the only thing that made me happy was making my short film, pursuing full-time writing in the last two years. And now I'm 30 and I'm like implementing all of that. But the nice thing is I have this 10 years of experience of everything I've learned. And now I'm in my third, I'm 30 
but I have all this knowledge on how to succeed. And mm. then that bleeds into my second advice was um, the uh, producer of like uh, the horror movies, uh, like Paranormal Activity, Jason Blum said that no one should succeed until they're after 30. Because what happens is if you succeed under 30, you tend to not know how to capitalize on that success. He talked about he was 32 when he got Paranormal Activity. Mm hmm. And he said if he, got, if he was 27 and he made productivity, he would have made, like, a huge movie. And then Blumhouse would have gone out of business. And we would have never had, like, Get Out and all these other movies. Yeah, Blumhouse, yeah. Yeah, and so he talked about that, like, he... And that really made me... That really comforted me because that made let me know all the failures that I've had, all the short films that, like, have two views on YouTube still. <laughs> like, all those things were just preparing me to know how to capitalize on my success. And now once we made the short film and then it got, it, we got optioned by a studio, all of a sudden I was like, okay, I'm going to use this and this and this to get me, propel me even more forward versus if I was like 25 and I got in this deal, like I would have been like, I'm some hot, like rootin' tootin', like guns blazing kind of, yeah, like, I'm going to buy like four pinball machines. Like, you know, and, yeah. um, and, and those two pieces of advice have really eased me down. I'm being like, okay, like, you know what? Like, I'm going to turn 30, and in my 30s, all of a sudden, all these life lessons I've had on top of these career lessons I've had are all going to start coming together. And that's yeah. the last year. So I turned 30 in uh, November 2020. Mm-hmm. And the last since then, like, it feels like every experience I've had has somehow, like, come back to me and help me figure out a decision I've had to make right now. Yeah. And that, that's what I feel really good is like, so I feel like their thirties are going to be your best years because you're finally like a hundred percent sure of yourself Yeah, and you yeah. have the experience to back it up. Like I was filling out a resume one day uh, for a job a couple a month ago. And I remember being, they're like, you have to have five years of experience in like indie filmmaking. And then I was like, Oh damn. And I'm like, Oh fuck I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit. I was like, I was like, I mean, I wasn't doing it again. It was like that. It was like that. I wasn't doing it full time, but like I have like, I yeah. have the five years, Yeah, you know, that's, and stuff. And, um, that's really important for me to hear because again, I'm 28 you're 26 i always forget 26 i know um but like i think the thing is is like when you're in your 20s um from my experience it's like the well i've been jumping around so much that like i saw it as like a detriment i almost saw it as a fail like oh because i i've been jumping around i've done so many different kinds of jobs and work if you've been listening for a long time if you're a long time trashling you know and but now like that's so interesting because i just have so much experience and i know definitively what i want to do like i know spending so much of your time doing what you didn't didn't want to do do. (laughs) and that is really crazy to think about like oh that wasn't a failure you're not a failure because none of that landed and it didn't work for you Mm -hmm. it's like it's actually just like awesome it was kind of like the gift of experience it sucked in the moment but like it i never really saw it that way it's actually pretty cool it's a pyramid you're building it's building blocks exactly just a thing of legos and i think it's like especially (laughs) hard in your 20s because like chris mentioned we are kind of like in this weird like transition period where people are like have these like old expectations and now there's like 
new standards. Like now more people are waiting till their 30s to get married and have kids and stuff like that. Yeah. But like all around you in your 20s, like some people get married right out college. Some people get married like, you know, a few years later. Like it's all like it's all it's like a big mix. Some people are like really settled in their careers. Some people are not. It's like your 20s are like so wild with like different range of experiences. Yeah. So sometimes when you feel like you don't have your shit together, like essentially like you're being left behind. Do you know what I mean? Or like you're falling behind somehow. And, you know, maybe you're not. You're just gathering different types of experience. You're figuring out like, you know, what you do want to do and what you don't want to do. And that's not like a loss, you know, either. You know, I think sometimes like people think when they fail at something that that is actually like terrible, but actually that's kind of the best thing that can happen to you. Because when you like are able to like learn from that experience like you're you're growing as a person and you're mm-hmm. like one day you're you'll get to where you want to be you know yeah. and you never know maybe that one job that you did like when i worked sales selling people supplements maybe that'll come in handy one day mm-hmm. you learned something from it though. Yeah. you learned something from yeah. it and i think that's like what i'm saying is you i did learned a bu- that people in sales are fucking crazy <laughs> That's what I learned. Well, no, but I hear you. One hundred percent. I mean, I spent like two to three years of my life working on like an independent documentary film, right? B- pushing through all this stuff, working through all this stuff, but like the film still has not come out. You know, like it's been in post production for so many years. Like this film is ten. 15 plus years in the making like right. I don't know if it will ever come out I hope it does because it was a great movie but like from that process like I had to step away from it like I've gotten like editing experiences I've met people I've learned how to like create processes and workflows that we use now here yeah you're you know? like, our, like she's our production supervisor over like, here like I've got like a lot of management skills like yeah maybe that movie never came out or like it never got released yet but I still came away with a lot of experience that I'm able to put towards this, you know, yeah, my own thing. It doesn't, you don't need a credit to define your experience. Yeah. No. And I, and I think that's what's hard is, is that like, you know, it's hard to see those things as positives because they didn't necessarily go, they, you know, again, this whole thing, they didn't get you any, a lot of money, right? They mm-hmm. didn't get it you. It didn't fam- go anywhere. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. They didn't get you the money and then thus they failed and stuff. And so I think that, um, but you got experiences out of it and you got things out of it. Cause I look at everything and like when I, I, I've been put in situations and I've used like everything, like anything from like my sales skills to my management skills to like things I learned on this film set, things I learned on this film set. Yeah. And I've used those all at like in like one hour of work right now where I've been like, holy shit. Like, you know, yeah, that's what I was. I, that's (laughs) one of the things that I, that's why I really wanted to talk to you because I feel like if there's anyone I know that is able to just like, I've heard you so many times be like, you know, when you talked about crowdsourcing for a film and how your experience as a manager at Goodwill was actually a huge help in you. You've said that to me and I was like, I would have never have thought that like where he, he was like, yeah, being a manager at Goodwill was really, if I was not there, I really don't think like I would have been as successful as I was with crowdsourcing for my film. And which, you know, you ended up selling and was probably gonna be on Netflix someday. So yeah, you know, I'm gonna <laughs> well, hope. we can hope, but 
out of your hands. <laughs> you, you, yeah. so, you sold it and you did it. But that's just so interesting to me that like, because everyone just always just, uh, you know, assumes, well, if I don't have experience in that one thing that I want to be doing, then it's not good enough. Everything I did was a fail. Everything was a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. It wasn't a waste of time. And um, yeah, it, it that is really, I think, like, uh, that was good for me. I needed to hear that because, no, you know, I, I, spent, yeah. I like I left college because, you know, after college, there's just like when you leave school, you have this whole wide world and you think this is it. It's going to be fucking amazing. It's just like how it is in the movies. And then you're just like, like look at all these oysters. I'm going to crack every one of them <laughs> yeah. open. And you and you stand on this cliff looking out at the world and you're like, oh, fuck. No one told me it was this fucking big. Like, no one told me it was this fucking hard. Why didn't they say this? Why didn't they warn me? And then you're like going out there and you're like, oh, shit. Who the fuck actually knows what they want to do when they're 21, 22, 23? It's a big decision. It's, and a, it's, huge, it's a lot of pressure. It's and- a lot of pressure. And maybe you are. Maybe you were one of the lucky ones and you were like, oh, I knew what I wanted to do. I went to school for it and I got it. Great. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know I, a lot of people like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I always feel like it's always hard because like I feel like I was 18 and I made a really shitty YouTube movie or a YouTube skit. And then I was like, I, I made that. and I was like, this was so much fun. I love this. And then I watched Pan's Labyrinth. And then I was like, all right, well, I want to be a filmmaker for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten really lucky where I. So been... you were 18 when you realized that. Oh, yeah. And so I, I and I was like, the, but, and I went back and forth and I was like, oh, I, I want to really like I want this traditional life and like a family. And I just don't feel like I'm going to get it if I pursue this big dream that everyone's telling me is impossible yeah. at 18. And you're like, OK, thanks. <laughs> uh, and uh, but I remember seeing pan's labyrinth and being like i love this fucking movie i want to make movies like gilmore del toro and i absolutely did not ever do that but um i was like i want to make movies for the rest of my life this is the only thing i love this is the only thing i'm good at and here we are in my 10 almost over 10 year journey uh-huh. and you know it's like i'm doing it and now i you know i'm doing it and i pursued it but um, I've definitely gone through a lot of different avenues of being like, maybe I'll just do this. Maybe I'll do this. And then yeah. like in filmmaking, maybe not be a writer or a director or something like that. So um, I've gotten really lucky. And I've oh, when I wanted, I knew what I wanted to do. And I still spent 10 years figuring it out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you guys have a lot more. You have a lot of different. You have a very different story in that way because you guys have been on multiple different paths and then hopped around you know, and stuff yeah. like that. You were on highway to like therapy town and then you were like, mm, let me jump off. Let me get off of this exit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. We, yeah, we did do the, uh, we were like, what? Yeah, it was just, well, because you start to feel like, well, you know, we're not a sex dating podcast. Where else do we fit? We're going to have to do self-improvement. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Because no. like you start to And you're look... not funny. So yeah, you can't do yeah, you can. no, yeah. we're, we're so not <laughs> we're funny. So not funny. Just we're keeping you grounded, Carol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, no, yeah, I totally. And, and now it's just like, we're going to do what we want to fucking do. And that's what. It, and when we did, it was just like clicked. Yeah. I feel like for me, too, like a lot of like, I think I w- when YouTube first came out, I was like, I want to do youtube like (laughs) this is like so like so roundabout and then like for some reason i was like oh i want to go into film and stuff like that or 
um, it turned into like filmmaking or something with journalism, something with this, you know, like I was editing, editing. I was like, oh, I can be a video editor, you know, you know, Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, <laughs> she's edited his videos. I've edited That's a, Pitbull. Like, That's Pitbull. Pitbull videos, but um, <laughs> patron saint Pitbull. But um, yeah, like, but I think for me, it was. It took me so. It's it's funny that like back when I was fourteen years old, like I was like I want to be YouTube, and it's like I've I feel like I've been like in this roundabout journey, like not being there yet like not like not being able to get there yet because for me I think it was just such a battle with like self-confidence and like mm-hmm. being able to like put myself on camera being able to see myself on camera mm-hmm. that like finally like what 10 years later yeah I'm able to like turn on the camera and be like all right let's go let's do yeah, this exactly. you know like I think because I was like oh maybe I don't want to be in front of the camera yeah you know yeah I, I'll, I'll be behind the camera that's why I was like doing editing for a while yeah but now I was like oh I like now I'm actually doing YouTube <laughs> like yeah. I'm a YouTuber yeah. and yeah. it's like I'm like it's blowing my na- mind right now <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm like Ugh. yeah it's what we do but <laughs> go subscribe <laughs> I feel like sometimes people are just like afraid to like pursue their goals because they're just afraid to fail do you know what i mean well, it's like what i said it's For like me- you're not where you, you know oh i don't know everything i know about that thing or i don't look the way i want to look it's just like yeah but you just gotta go you just gotta do it and i think that's you just like gotta go like when we were like carol did was like i don't think we can do video podcasts yet or like we were like we, I, we don't know what we want to do on our youtube channel yet we were just like let's just make a video Let's, let's just, just go. Let's just record the podcast. You we know? did it one day. We were like, we're doing it. Let's yeah, do it right now. I really admired that because when you guys decided to start doing that, it really started making me be like, okay, like I'm holding myself back here because like I am. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. No, because it's like I am someone who's very active and very doing things, but I have a very big issue about finishing things and stuff like that. So. Hi, welcome I mean, to the not yeah. finishing anything club. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I mean like um, – and uh and so i definitely like started kind of realizing that like um it it, it kind of just fell into that self-confidence thing where i'm like oh this isn't good enough or this idea isn't strong enough and then i just started realizing you know what like i'm treating i'm treating filmmaking and doing creative things as if they're like some kind of chest game and i really should be treating it like it's a, a basketball or soccer where any second i have i should just be you know, kicking the ball, go kicking for the it. ball around, shoot yeah. your shot. Exactly. And you should just be treating it up like, oh, like anyone, you know, who is really good anyone, you know, who plays soccer or plays basketball or plays sports, any second they have, they just do a pick me game or yeah. start shooting or start practicing dribbling. And you're like, fuck, like, why am I like treating like filmmaking as if it's like, I have to, I, if I look at them like, okay, I have to climb that mountain. But I'm kind of tired right now. I need some more water. Or can I'm gonna gonna have to go over here to get more water. And then by the and then I'm like, eh, the day's almost over. It's That's a dark. long climb. I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Ooh, okay. I was like, mm, my back kind of hurts. <laughs> I was like, you know, like I'm still in the middle of Queen Gambit. I need to watch that. And then it's just like, boom, that mountain. You don't climb that mountain that day. Yeah. And I feel like I was just like, I started when you guys had talked about doing that, just doing it. It made me kind of really realize I was like. I shouldn't start fucking doing it. And if it sucks, you know what? It's mine, at least. Yeah. I, 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 I made this thing that sucks. And I just started being like, I just need to be okay with it. Because it's like, 
you mm-hmm. know, we tend to idolize uh, the people we idolize. We tend to not pay attention to their failures. Like I'm a really big yeah. Spielberg fan and Spielberg has made a lot of not good movies. Uh, I love him to death. And some, uh, you know, but he's made a lot of movies that have been like shading Steven Spielberg. He's, <laughs> I know, he's right? Yeah. This. He's going to see this and you're <laughs> fucked. You're blacklisted. But like everyone, like they all have, they have movies that like they have movies or songs, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, that they that they that they made and they weren't like okay, maybe that didn't click as well as I wanted it yeah. to, you know, X, Y, and Z. But they learned from it and they, they grew from quit. it. Yeah, it's because yeah. we always see like the end. We always see people at the top. We don't see like the journey that it yeah. took so to get I have, there. I have a good metaphor. So <laughs> we we feel go, yeah go 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 go, go, go. <laughs> okay. So we always feel. When we see the the term overnight success, right? It's a big thing. Hamilton, perfect example, yeah. right? Like what well, we we see this guy out of nowhere be you know, it's like Alexander <laughs> Hamilton, you know, whatever. I yeah, perfect rendition. Wow, uh, holy shit. Lin Manuel. Yeah. Who? So we see the we see this thing come out of nowhere and it's huge and it's 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 blowing mm-hmm. up everywhere and we're thinking like this guy came out of nowhere with this, right? But then we really we didn't realize like all he is, he started out as, uh, so when islands were formed, vol- volcano, there, when islands are, islands are formed by volcanoes erupting underwater mm-hmm. and they keep erupting and erupting it's and erupting and erupting layer. and then they breach the water. Yeah. And that's when we take notice of them. And that's what we think overnight success is. All of a sudden, like something breaches out of the water. We're like, where'd that come from? This guy's like an overnight success. And it's yeah. like, no, he's not. He's, he's been, been out here a while. He's been under that water and like little small eruptions here and there building that surface. And again, that's your early 20s, essentially. You're building, you're building, you're building. And I finally feel like I've, I've breached. I've come out of the water a little bit. Like maybe not like an island, maybe like a rock or a pebble, but you're like, yeah. there's Chris in the ocean. Yeah, maybe zoom, like a zoom, small zoom. hermit crab can like exist on the island. It's just coming up, just yeah. a little, yeah. just, a little. Just, just the tip. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the tip. But sometimes, uh, but it counts. The tip counts. It counts. Yeah. It counts. People don't believe it, but it counts. <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're gonna move away from the tip. Uh, Why? Uh, it's my favorite part, Carol says. <laughs> oh wow! Anyway, um, oh my god! Now I'm just thinking about dicks. <laughs> like, only dicks. Yeah, it's, it's just we want there. Here. I'm just I'm I'm just glad we didn't go there immediately. Like in the yeah. beginning of it, I was for sure thought I was going to go for it. Yeah, let's start. Let's start the conversation about imposter syndrome. About What's your penis size? Yeah, really. <laughs> like, it's like, when do you feel like you're an imposter? It's like when I'm having sex, sex with my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it during uh, sex? Um, <laughs> but uh, but well, no, and, and, and I think that's that's something that we, we, that's something we don't see. And I yeah. feel like that's, uh, I'd heard that metaphor at some point in time. And I was like, it made me feel really good because it made me, it, it kind of really, really, goes really well with the tw- your 20s of figuring out what you don't want to do and that like small eruptions and then finally preaching and yeah. stuff. And um, yeah, and I think that's like a lot what we kind of, uh, that's like a lot of like your 20s are is you're just, you you you, you kind of think these people are build these things. Build up thing- your volcano. Yeah, exactly. Build up your volcano. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, Put it on a shirt. Yeah, exactly. It's like... Um, uh, I didn't say it like that. You're like build up your volcano and like you'll just like react. Oh like, my fucking yeah, god! And stuff. Whatever. So, um, <laughs> you'll uh, make magma and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of tips, um, you said you said something. We were talking on the phone before we like prepping for this, and um, 
not to toot my own horn, but apparently I said, what did I say last episode? What? <laughs> I'm thirsty, oh, Carol. Yeah, I got it. You've been really sipping on that, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. I just want to say that. Um, but apparently I had a little tippy. Yeah, yes. For okay. you. And I just, well, because it, it goes into what you said, and I, I just think it's so important. And honestly, I forgot I had said it. And then Avery was just like, you said this. And then you brought it up, and I was like, all right, well, I didn't mean to be so influential, but it really is important. Yeah, that one I think, episode I listened to yeah, uh, yeah, out of all you. your podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, I think it's really um, important to talk about, and that's the mental health aspect, because you talked a lot about how, like, in the last year, you've talked a lot about, like, self-compassion and working on confidence. And at the end of the day, like, that's mental health. That's related to mental health. So I just wanted, you know, to, like, hear what you had to say about that and like how you feel like that's important to your journey with settling with yourself and like kind of dealing with imposter syndrome and achieving your dreams. I feel like it's really hard to do when you're struggling with yourself. No, absolutely. And I, um, uh, you know, so like you had said something like we're like, you know, Sometimes when you're making goals and you want to do these big ambitions and then you're not doing it, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm just not being enough like a like a like, girl boss, a girl boss. And it's like, no, it's mental health. And I, that really stuck with me because I very much feel like I did not really I always felt like, oh, I'm procrastinating. It's just part of the process. But then I really realized like it was really like my mental health, which was what was stopping me from writing and stuff like that. And I kind of I had this like self-realization of like, again, not being compassionate enough to myself. Mm -hmm. And that's like what's stopping me from like writing a bunch. And like that's what's stopping me is because I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm worthy at times. And then I start writing something and then it kind of starts. And then I feel like, oh, this is getting jungle. This is getting like the dialogues are going to sound stupid and the the scene's not going anywhere. God, this is fucking hard. And then I like stop and then you write like a page and you're like, great. Like, you know, and um, I uh, and I started I started I felt like being hard on myself has really built me up on a cert to a mountain to like where I'm at as far as success of always never being satisfied with like what I've done and always pushing myself to be better. And I, and even when I was in film school, I never thought I was a great filmmaker. I never thought it was the best. I was very quiet. I was very shy. I had made my senior project and all of a sudden everyone was like, who the hell made this? And (laughs) and then like, kid you not, like after that screening of that, my short, my, my senior thesis project, everyone in my class, like all these people that were made way bigger projects, like came up to me and they're like, dude, that was fucking great. Yeah. We were all asking who the hell made this because this is phenomenal. Yeah. And I remember being like, it's because I never, like the people that made the worst movies in that screening were the people who already thought they were like, they already thought yeah. they were good. No, they totally, already yeah. thought they were, they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm already the best writer and filmmaker in the world. Yeah. They watched it and they're like, this is so good. Yeah. And I realized that. So I felt like that had really built me up to where I was and really pushing myself. But then I started realizing it's been also been part of my downfall in the last like two or three years where I really have been beating myself up for not writing every day or making goals to write, but then not writing. And then sometimes I, so in the last like year, I've been on a very big self-compassion journey of just being like, 
I am worthy. I am good. I do deserve everything I've gotten because I've worked really hard for it. And it's super hard to say those things because you're just like, you say those and you immediately want to go like, psych, you fucking suck. Like, you know, you're garbage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I really didn't, I really didn't start realizing on like, uh, like, you know, where I'm just like, you know, I, I really just was like, man, like, I'm just like trash. I'm just a dumpster fire. And, you know, and I really didn't start realizing like how much like, you know, it was affecting my mental health of like it was stopping me from writing. And it was de- I developed this large fear of writing because of it and avoiding creative projects because I was scared of them sucking and all these things. And I realized like I just need to give myself like a little bit more like pats on the back and then be yeah. like, I do know what I'm doing. Like I'm you know, it's like I'm I'm Chris Sage. I'm a talented filmmaker you know, and I really know what I'm fucking doing and everything I'm not going to make is gold. But at the same time, like I put my heart on everything I do. So yeah. it doesn't really matter, you know, exactly. and stuff like that. And I, you know, I, um, and I'm still figuring it all out. Like, I, I think I have a hard time. I look at myself very much as this like grizzled young veteran. Like, you know, like <laughs> I'm just like, I have this large beard and I'm just sitting there being like, I remember back in the early 2000s when we didn't have DSLRs. Like, we shot things on shitty camcorders, you know? And I'm just like, I've only been doing this for like 10 years. Like, yeah. that's really not next to nothing. And, um, and I've been talking to a lot of other friends who aren't writing and aren't, aren't and who are doing creative working in the film industry, but not on a creative sense. And mm-hmm. I've been telling them like, you know, you need you like, they're like, I'm just like, I'm beating my, I just like, I just like, it, I don't know if this, you can relate, but like, I'm super hard on myself and I just, I need to get over that hump. And I'm like, yeah, like you are, you're good. You're talented. You can do it. Like you mm-hmm. don't, and it doesn't have to be the best and you just have to be okay with like, it's that again. It's not a game of chest. Yeah, it's back. It's a pickup game of basketball. Yeah, all right. You have bad games, and athletes don't. They might beat themselves up afterwards, but they don't retire <laughs> after practicing. Like for... LeBron doesn't retire after he has a bad game. No, you know he might. He probably beats himself up a little bit, but he he just he goes out the next day and he fucking gives it his all again. Yeah, and now that's something like I do that at my other at the other jobs I worked. Yeah, but then I never carried that over to filmmaking. Yeah. But that's that's really important to to hear because, again, it, it's what I said is you know okay just because you know you, you always hear like well you just get back up and you give a hundred and ten percent if you are physically and mentally and emotionally just finding that to be the hardest thing even though you constantly say like well it would make me happy but you don't do it take a look at your mental health dude take a look and really think like okay well if I'm not able to get myself out of bed to try again just because I had a setback and I'm just gonna stay home and be demon trash and order uber eats and binge Netflix and not answer my phone like you're probably sad bro like there's probably something going on up here that you really need to just kind of unlock with somebody and it's changed my life and it's been great I I don't feel like I need to constantly seek I'm getting better at not being able to need to seek validation from other resources and other places because what's really important to me now is making sure that when I seek validation I'm looking at myself yeah no and that's a big one I because like what my, my my circle of of 
of whatever is my circle is is I, I I pick a project I start trying to work on it I start beating myself up I seek validation and then I start the project and then I beat myself up I seek validation I start the pro- I go back to the project I start and I that's my circle yeah and that's 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 a circle meaning that's a pattern in a circle that's on a line yeah there's no end goal there yeah it's just a cycle yeah. that mm-hmm. I keep running through and I've been doing it for the last like two years of my life. And then I started realizing, yeah, that same thing. Like, you know, like I, I am good and it's okay if this isn't working right now. It's okay that the scene isn't coming off as I want it to, you know, and I started just really trying to trust and give myself a break. And, yeah. and then in certain days when I just don't feel like I'm writing, I don't beat myself up over it. Yeah. It's you like, know? okay, well I need to take a break. I need to go. Uh, one of the biggest things, uh, and we talk a lot about being a creator, but you know, you can, it, this goes into anything you do, but one of the biggest things like, um, my boyfriend Raven told me was that he's like, when you are a creator, like you feel you, it's very easy to get burnout because if you're constantly creating, 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 there was like a time, you know, earlier on when we were like, doing way too much we were editing editing like there was literally no time in the day for breathing and he was like if you keep going and you burn yourself out creators need to consume people need to take things in whether that's going out and seeing a friend going for a walk or watching something for inspiration whatever it is you need to take time away from your craft so that you can actually have experiences to not only experience life and the beauty of that and just living, but so that you can take your experiences and turn it into a movie, talk about it on a podcast, or take it and use it towards knowledge as you're achieving your career goals or whatever it may be. You have to take that time to refuel because it is, it's extremely important. It is, it is something I take very seriously now. We have one day a week where we don't do anything related to demon trash. I don't do, I don't work. I don't cook. I don't clean in the words of Cardi B. Like I just take a day where it's mine. It's mine and I do whatever I want to do. And I figure out a process. I figured out a process. Yeah, I figured out a process. process. Because. Which is half the battle. Yeah, exactly. And, And then next week I come in and I'm like, nice. I got energy. I'm ready to be funny again. I'm ready to edit and yeah joke shitty jokes again (laughs) so yeah I just I think that is really important and um so just mental health I just want to keep saying it because it's just I feel like it's just transformed my life doing it figuring if realizing oh shit it's not because I'm a piece of shit it's not because these self-help books were saying like it's just because you don't care enough it's because you you don't give a fuck it's it's really wasn't that I, I gave a fuck too much yeah. it, too much so that I couldn't see and realize what was going on with me yeah well, yeah I, I see it a lot too where like um I have a lot of friends or uh I not friends but like I've met a lot of other people <laughs> well because I'm about to say I'm, uh, I've I've met other people who I you know I, like don't feel are as talented but they're doing stuff constantly because they don't have that doubt. And that's what made me realize they don't, they think they're the shit and that's why they're making 
<laughs> like five short films, but you know, but like in a good way, like I respect the hell out of what they do. I don't right. love it. Yeah. And, and that's fine. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't love what they're doing, but at the same time, like they're not, not doing it. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, like these guys, you know, you know, with your like big, like, oh, well, they're just, they don't make like their movies are not as good as mine, you yeah. know, kind of thing. And you're like, but you know what? They're fucking doing it. And so like, they're better than me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they don't stop. Mm-hmm. And there's, and like, you know, and I started seeing that a lot where I was like, fuck, like these people are like going a lot further than me, but like their stuff isn't as good as mine. But then I realized it's because like they don't doubt themselves. Yeah. They, they figured out that they figured out that process and gotten over that doubt or they just never had it and stuff yeah. like that. And that's when you started. That's when I felt like I started realizing that I was like, oh, shit, like, yeah, like maybe this isn't about like I'm just like. Maybe this isn't about like, oh, I'm just not in the mood to write today and I just have to be okay with that. It's like maybe this is more about like something unrelated to like, yeah. you know, like Because well, then you start to like, well, like if I don't feel like writing today, like is this even in my path? Is, is this even what I'm supposed to do? Because if I think I'm supposed to be a writer, I think that's that's my calling, but it's not happening for me today. It didn't happen for me yesterday. It didn't yeah, happen before that. It's actually been a month. I haven't written a goddamn thing. Am I actually supposed to be a writer? And then you start, and then imposter syndrome kicks in. Exactly. That's the, that is it. That's the beginning. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah. Uh, I think, I think we've, we've beat it to death. I <laughs> think it's, you just have to do it and you have to believe and really just stop, just really care about you. Give yourself some love and remember that like everything you've done hasn't been a failure. It's just been a stepping stone. You're a little volcano. Yeah. Well, so I, I mean, I have a question for you guys then. Like, I mean, like we've had this talk about imposter syndrome and stuff like that. So I'm walk- walking in here. I felt like you guys probably still feel it. You seem like you're getting a little bit over it. But like, um, like what's been the big thing for imposter syndrome for you guys? Like what's like, is it just this feeling of like you're not worthy or like. I'll let you go first. For me. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest thing is like the money thing. Like yeah. I just like can't get like for a long time like work even working on like the film like I couldn't say like oh like all my role is that I was like a producer like I was like but I'm not actually like getting paid for it like you're discounting yourself yeah I keep I always keep discounting it because like I I think I like the fact that it's not my like main source of income it's not like my livelihood like that's like I feel like that always like undercuts like uh like that's what brings on imposter syndrome for me so now i'm just kind of like throw that out the window because like i know one day like and i'm trying to really hold on to that vision i think because sometimes i feel like for you what i admire about you is that you have like you have the, your vision you're like you i feel like you've almost ma- mastered like visualization yeah. and manifestation yeah. because i think a lot of people think like hey like like manifestation is like oh i just paint this pretty picture but like they don't like do any steps to take towards that like manifestation picture i feel like you do both you have a clear picture of what you want and you keep working towards it you know sometimes you have setbacks and stuff like that for me i think a lot of the times i didn't know what i wanted like or like i i didn't have a clear picture like that's why like sometimes it's like oh maybe i'll be a video editor maybe i'll do this it's because i didn't know like what i wanted like yeah. long term or like I, I i don't think i ever thought to think like all right five years from now what is this what is my life gonna look like do you know what i mean 
or like when I'm 30, what is my life going to look like? I've never did that before. It was just like figuring out what the, like, what am I doing now? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, that is a hundred percent where it was for me. Um, you know, Chris, you've known me for nine years. And so when you met me, I, I didn't have a whole lot. And I, I, I know I'm not the only one. I really wasn't given a whole lot of options to really and also just because of my life, my childhood, my mental health, I really didn't have a firm sense of identity. So I constructed a false identity through my late teens and my early 20s of what I thought would give me a good life and help me pursue that timeline And what really fucked me over, but in the best way, was when that illusion started to shatter when I left college and I moved here and had to figure it out. And I was completely on my own. And it was just like realizing I have just spent five years after high school, even during high school shit, like six, seven years of my young adult life literally having to realize I just spent a whole lot of time doing something I don't even fucking like I'm miserable what do I do now and then so I had to that's what started the going into these different careers you know because I had this degree and just being like oh this sucks and it wasn't until you know I went into freelance filmmaking just because I quit my job I hated it so much I went into it And I saw, you know, when I was younger, I really wanted to just be a creator. I wanted to write. I wanted to, I loved making uh, videos. Like I used to do uh, this comedy video thing with people. And it was super fun. But I never saw it as being a career opportunity. I never was like, oh, I can go on YouTube. Because I also just really didn't like myself. I really didn't realize how very little I thought about myself for a really long time. Um, and so when I started to like see that it was possible to have a career and to break these timelines and meeting people and having all these experiences and working all these different jobs and just kind of figuring out myself of being like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to do it. And so when we started this podcast, it started out kind of like a joke. Like, did I think it was going to go anywhere? I didn't know. I no, I don't really know. I just was like, we're just going to do it for fun. And then we it really was honestly, honest to God, we've been doing this for two years, but we didn't start taking it seriously until probably less than a year ago. And and I would say in the last even three months we've really it's this i mean is it. i think we like we talk about all the time is that like if it weren't for the podcast like i mean if it weren't for the pandemic like we wouldn't be where we are 100 because when the pandemic hit like i think it really threw like i've never done so much self-work do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, yeah. it, because it took a really long look in the mirror. It, it took a really to. long, so hard <laughs> look in the mirror. I feel like a lot of like my early twenties, like you weren't, you're not really like present in like what you want to do. You're just doing things, but you're not reflecting or like making you're trying to figure sure out how to make money. Let's face yeah, it. Yeah, you're like, trying to figure out how to survive. How do yeah. I, you, you know yeah, exactly? It was a it was a survival thing of like, 
oh shit I just gotta survive now even though I'm super miserable and it just the it just cracked like my foundation cracked I couldn't do it anymore and I had to just I've essentially been rebuilding for like the last three four years of my life and so yeah it definitely started the imposter syndrome because I really had no idea what I wanted to do I had no idea I realize it's very difficult to realize I actually don't know who I am. I actually don't know what I like. I don't really know exactly what my dream job is. You know, that's really fucking hard. That is really, really hard. And I mean, it makes me emotional to think about because now I just know who I am. Like, I know who I am and I'm very happy with it. It blows my mind that I'm able to be on camera. Like, really. I always wanted to be like I've been on camera before, but I I always just wanted to like be behind the camera. I just lacked confidence and all of that. But now it's just I feel fine. I've I'm I'm doing it and this is who I am and this is what I want to do. And it 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 is it's been a lot, but the imposter syndrome does still come back. Um but I'm dealing with it and I'm getting over it as best I can. I don't think, you know, at, you master it. I think people still are getting yeah, I think forever. you still doubt, yeah. You're always going to, I feel yeah. like you're always going to doubt yourself, and that's fine. But uh, as long as you know, like, in your heart of hearts, like, well, I'm happy. This makes me happy. I won. I'm yeah. successful now. And that has been the biggest thing. I know what I want now. I didn't know before. And I just feel like you have to keep chasing what you want. And like I like I said, it's I I had a very realization at in my mid twenties of if I chase what I love, everything else is going to follow. And mm-hmm. I've gotten you know like everything I've wanted, I've gotten. You yeah. know, like I have a savings, like I have a girlfriend, like everything that I want, like I've gotten. You know, and stuff you sold like, a movie. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah I you sold, sold a, a movie. I sold like, a movie. You are a writer. Like, I sold a movie. You know, you're it's doing like, it. Like I, I mean, in the next two years, I'm probably gonna buy a house. Like you know, yeah. like I'm not, but like I didn't give. I never, I never gave into like. Well, I'm not making money. You know, because I had to, I did whatever I needed to make money, but I also never lost sight of that. This is, these are just stepping stones. Like, and I think that's like something for me is like, everything's just a stepping stone. Like, you know, like I'm going to cross this fucking river and, Mm -hmm. you know, and get to the other side and stuff. And, you know, just like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I'm going to get everything I've ever wanted and live happily ever after. Yeah. I think, I think just like the biggest thing is Charlie's golden ticket is self-discovery. You kind of just have to like, really, you have to believe in yourself and you have to do it because. Because otherwise you're wandering around, you're not even at the river yet. You're wandering around the forest. Yeah. You know, you don't know what the other side looks like yet. You know, I feel like, and that was my problem for a long time is like, I didn't know what the other side looked like. So I couldn't, put anything into place of what to like go there because I didn't know what it was but now like I have an I like now I know what I want it to look like and now I can keep making steps towards that and I'm like way more motivated because I know exactly so yeah I hope that answers your question (laughs) no it does because I I was just kind of curious to see where like it like again and it stems from from a, a money kind of thing of like we're not making money off of this and like you know and that kind of thing and I just feel like I feel like that's an an old generation very much puts that on there. Like you can tell like certain people that you're a podcaster and they'd be like, well, how much they're going to ask. I have it all the time. Like, 
well, like, are you like doing that for a living? Do you have a sponsor? Do you have yeah, ads? You know, are you making how many viewers how many do people, you have? How many people are listening? It is so crazy that that is like the first fucking thing out of your mouth. You're not even going to ask me the name of the podcast. It really is just like, it is crazy how many people do that. Yeah, well, and they, but they come from a generation of work really hard, retire at 50 or 60, you know, and like that's just not the dream. That's like that doesn't happen anymore. Jobs don't give you those benefits yeah. unless you work certain places, you know, and I just think that kind of vision is kind of gone of like work really hard for like 40 years, retire, and then you get to finally do what you want to do. And yeah. like I know like that's something that like, um, I see people still have that installed of like, you know, you're not supposed to love what you do. And I'm like, no, like that's not, that's or like, like some people we've, we've talked about this before. Like people live for the weekends because that's when they get to do what we want to do. Yeah. But like for, uh, like me and her, like we like literally can't do that. Like it would make me miserable. Like it wouldn't work for me <laughs> long term. We literally, you literally know? live for like literally the most fun that we have and we've talked about this is like literally the most fun I have is doing this and like making stuff like that is the most fun it's a hot a lot of fucking work some days I'm like yeah. I don't want to fucking edit Why? yeah <laughs> yeah but then it's just like but I wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> you know what I mean so uh yeah no I I wished I wished I I tried I tried to fit into that that nine to five sort of life. And I just couldn't fucking do it. This world yeah. was not built for me and that's fine. I got to make a new one. That's, that was the biggest lesson from 2020. It was like, I just have to make my own thing. Ugh, got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Clicked. And there's nothing wrong with people who can do that. No, like if no. they yeah. can do that and that's what makes, you know, Absolutely them happy. No but like for me, it's like, if the, it's not priorities. fulfilling me, I yeah. can't do it. You know, yeah. but, but it's like maybe something else fulfills them. But you know, their nine to five is their stepping stone. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, exactly. All right. Trashlings. Well, thank you guys so much. And Chris, I love you. I'm so happy that you came on. You're one of my best friends. I admire you. I just want you to know that we're intrepid. We carry Carry on. on. Yes. And that, uh, you know, you really are such a huge inspiration to me. Like, I don't know if I've ever told you enough, but you really, really do. I talk, we talk literally about like, oh, Chris, like he re- you really are such an inspiration. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming on. And you, yeah, I learned something today. Yeah. So thank you oh, so much. Thank you. And I really appreciate uh, coming on. This is my first time ever really doing a podcast and stuff like that. <laughs> so um, yeah, I really appreciate it. And you know, I love you guys a lot and you guys are great. And I really do. Uh, I really do think there's gonna be really big things in your guys' future. And you deserve all this. I know it's just like, you deserve all this. You deserve uh, all the success. You deserve to be an awesome monthly. Uh, and every all the other trash things you guys deserve whatever you're getting right now in your life and uh, oh yeah I know right oh my god I'm gonna cry well but yeah you guys it's it's it's, it's hard and it's definitely like it's definitely hard to hear and yeah. I definitely feel like I I am a, the first one to like write everything off anyone mm-hmm. anyone who gives me a compliment I'm the first one being like well fuck yeah. you don't realize all these dumpster fires I'm hiding from you um, <laughs> I'm yeah. a mess under here yeah I mean but that's the thing is like I'm, I might see you know it's it, we're all we all seem like we're well composed and we all seem like we don't have these issues but it's like you know as we kind of learn like I, you guys really admire these things about me but like i have just i feel the same way yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know but i'm like on a path of not feeling like it and right. stuff so yeah but you guys you guys this has been great it's been a lot of fun yeah and so i definitely love to have be back on at yeah. some point in time but yeah so invitation forever 
Uh, so guys, um, on the same, around the same time, I think we're releasing on the same day, uh, we also have a video on our YouTube with Chris where we're going to watch Twilight for the first, he's going to see I've it never, for the first time. <laughs> never seen it. Like I, I've seen like one clip yes. where he's at the edge of Bella's bed and that is literally all I've seen. And <laughs> oh I'm really interested in the context How of have you been sheltered from Twilight? Yeah, but you know... <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited, and I think it's going to be a good one. So, guys, go check that out on our YouTube, Demon Trash, and all of our links and all of that. You can find that on demontrash.com. Guys, thank you so much for listening, for watching. Thank you so much. We love you. Thank you, Anchor, our sponsor. And we will see you guys next time. 